Welcome to Flirting with Bitcoin. I'm your host, Mandana Yousefi, and this is my boo, Ian Reese. Hey, babe. Hola. Konnichiwa. Buongiorno. Buongiorno. This is kind of new. We're recording first thing in the morning. We've never done this before. No, we have not. So let's start with the block kite. Tell us what's, what day it is. <laughs> Today is August 6th, and the block height is 748226. And on Bitcoin Island today, right now, you can buy 4,300 acres for a dollar. Such a steal. Such a steal. Yeah, so we're recording on Saturday, and the episode will drop on Monday. So, like, this is as current as it's ever gotten. So, get excited, guys. <laughs> Except for those first few episodes where we, like, we're working till the day of to ship them. That's true. That's when we were noobs. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know how to live and have a podcast at the same time, but we're in a good flow. It was a rough week, so I'm glad that we are able to record today. Um, I think you have something to teach me today. It's been a while since you've taught me something. Okay. Is that like a challenge? It's not a challenge. I hope it's not too challenging, but obviously, you know, Ian tries to run what we're going to talk about with me before we record and I'm like good luck to you honey to explain this to me because it, it was a little hard for me to digest well it is also first thing in the morning <laughs> there's that too there's that too so okay what's new baby what's going on before we delve into what you really want to teach me today what's going on in bitcoin world a couple of news stories that I thought were interesting so the first one is federal reserve bank of cleveland if you don't know, there's multiple banks in the United States. I think there's 11 of them. Mm-hmm. But the Fed kind of composes all 11 of those banks. But they have individual like members. And so one of the members from Cleveland put this paper out saying that the Lightning Network is turning Bitcoin into money. Interesting. This is kind of showing that their hand, they, they kind of know what Bitcoin is. They've been poo-pooing it. But now that Lightning Network exists, that has instantaneous settlement all over the globe, you can only hide that for so long. I guess they put some people on it. They did a research paper. Um, I'll link to it on the website if you're interested in reading it. But I just thought the headline was very interesting that they're acknowledging that while it might not have been money before with blocks every 10 minutes, the Lightning Network makes it basically faster than a credit card. I think that's major. Well, it's major, but it it goes into what we're going to talk about later. So at the same time that that paper came out, There are two bills, one is in the US Senate and one is in the UK, where I find it interesting that they kind of both happen at the same time. There are bills that propose making Bitcoin like a new form of property, saying it's something a little bit more abstract than land and all the rules that go along with owning land, which is like the most fundamental piece of property. But these two bills kind of popped up both in the UK and the United States roughly around the same time. I'll link to those on the site as well. Yeah, but, who proposed them in the U.S. Senate? I'm, I'm just curious. Do you know? Um, leaders of the Senate Agricultural Committee are planning to introduce a bill that would classify Bitcoin as a digital commodity, according to a report from the Wall Street Journal. This is a very important point because commodities are treated very differently than securities and other types of assets. The Bitcoin community has been arguing for a while that Bitcoin is and should be treated like a commodity such as gold right? Like gold Mm -hmm. is a commodity first, right? Um, Silver, coal, timber, these are all commodities, right? And so they've been arguing that Bitcoin should be treated as a commodity, but it's been being attacked as a challenge to the dollar, right? So they're attacking it as though it's a currency, but the fundamentals of Bitcoin really make it a commodity. Doesn't it make it both? That's where these two stories go hand in hand, right? So you have one bill saying it's new type of property, 
And then you have the Fed saying it's also mm-hmm. money, mm-hmm. right? So it's like the best of both worlds. Whereas with gold, it's definitely a commodity, but it's not treated as money. Anymore. In the United States, mm-hmm. anymore. People are coming around, right? And whether it's they're learning it for the first time and coming around, or they're just, they're tired of fighting it and they see the writing on the wall and they're just trying to get ahead of the wave that's about to hit. I would argue it's the latter. Um, There's some other stories that have happened basically since I put this list of articles together. (laughs) Um, Namely that BlackRock, one of the biggest financial institutions in the world, they have like $9 trillion worth of assets under management. They just partnered with Coinbase. They're going to offer Bitcoin services to their clients via Coinbase. Even as Coinbase is under investigation or their former employee? Well, again, Coinbase and BlackRock, they share a lot of similar DNA in that shady, they're, shady. they're shady, right? right. So, shady villains. I think it's so interesting, and, and I think I, I've been saying this a lot, that all of this is happening after the supposed crypto crash. Like, this didn't stop any of the momentum. Ooh, 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 ooh. ooh, ooh. I forgot about one. Oh, I forgot about one. Okay, so... <laughs> It was Celsius or three hours capital. You're so cute right now. You're so It's hilarious. Excited. It's hilarious. So it's either Celsius or three hours capital. I forgot. Um, I'll find the correct story and I'll put it on the website. But either one of those, the World Economic Forum is listed as a creditor in their <gasps> in their bankruptcy filing. So the WEF even got rug pulled by these guys. Dang. Like they they took out everybody. Mm. And so I'm not say what you will about the WF. I'm not a big fan of them, but. Those are not the people you want to piss off with their money. Those are the last people you want to mess with their money. So I want to say it was Celsius. I feel like... These are some bold-ass scammers. Well, I mean, when you take money from everyone and you don't really care or ask where it's coming from, eventually you're going to take money from someone who took money from someone right. who you might not have wanted to take money from. Yeah. So I thought that was hilarious. Like, And, and, and Twitter kind of like, you know, Bitcoin Twitter had a field day with that. Like even the WF got rug pulled and all this fun stuff. Mm. But to your point, no one is immune. But to your point, like this is all happening during the crypto crash, right? So during the crypto crash, we kind of learned how all these things were like interconnected, mm-hmm. even though they were pretending like they weren't. You know, the minute things got bad, all of a sudden, House of Cards, House of Cards comes falling down. While the House of Cards is falling down, Bitcoin and Bitcoiners are just sitting there going, "Told you so." Like it doesn't even make it. It's not even fun to say I told you so, but yeah, it's like, it is. <laughs> well, it's not because people, so people are suffering. People are suffering. All of their money. So in that vein, and I'll put this on the website as well for, for this episode, but there's a woman who's like documenting as Twitter threads, all these different letters that people have sent to the bankruptcy judge about money that they lost because of Celsius. I found it at like 206. So there's at least 206 letters yeah. that this woman has been like posting on Twitter and it's like brutal. Like one guy or woman or person who wrote the letter was basically saying that they had gotten their like domestic help worker to put their money in Celsius because it was easier for them to send it home. Like they thought they were helping them and they got them into Celsius and that person's lost like their entire life savings. So like stuff like that has happened, which means like it's not fun to say I told you so because as Bitcoiners, we would much rather say, like, aren't you glad you listened? Yeah. You know, I have my one coworker that I just happened to have a conversation with him about Celsius weeks before it went bankrupt. And he told me that he was in Celsius and I like snapped on him. I was like, get your money out now. Yeah. And he did. But he tried to convince his other friends to do it and they didn't. 
Wow, I didn't know that. You didn't so, tell me that piece of it. So like he is like so grateful to me because he almost lost like tens of thousands of dollars, I guess. I don't know how much it was, but like it was a lot of money to him mm-hmm. and he got it out. But when he tried to convince other people, they didn't listen to him and they lost all their money. Oof. So it's not fun to say I told you so, especially when it comes to things like life savings. But you're right. All this is happening during the crypto crash. And what is happening is that all of these scams are being exposed. And the one thing that isn't a scam, which is Bitcoin, is kind of shining through, right? Like it dropped down to 17. If you care about the price, it dropped to 17, but it's back at like 22 or 23 as we record this today which is like over a 15% gain in like 45 days. So if you theoretically bought the bottom, you're up today. Um, And if you were in the crypto world and people were saying (coughs) crypto and Bitcoin are not the same thing and you were ignoring that and people have been trying to convince you that for a year or two, like it's proven now. And so the migration to becoming a Bitcoiner is probably a lot easier for those people. And they're like, all right, let's, let's get this going. Bitcoin is it. Exactly. And so here's where what we're going to talk about today comes in, which is one of the hardest parts of getting people to become like a true Bitcoiner is, as we've said in the previous episodes, like you have to be a responsible person because you, you to be a true Bitcoiner, you want to self-custody your Bitcoin. You want to hold it. You want to hold the keys to your Bitcoin. But what if I'm irresponsible? Right. Most, pe- <laughs> most people are. But most people are irresponsible, and in my opinion, not because they're incapable of it. It's because they haven't had to be responsible with their money. And this is like a mental shift that I've kind of had in the last, like, I'll say like three or six months, which is your money is being held somewhere. Bitcoin is the first time where you could actually hold your money. And so all the money that we have in our checking account and all the money that we have in our retirement account and all that fun stuff, like that's money that we earned, but it has to be held by someone. And so right now we have it in- Especially our retirement. Especially it's trapped. Our, right? It's trapped, right? It's money that they've legally trapped. You've earned it. They incentivized you to put it in the trap, right? That went down because of the damn market crash. And I there's nothing I can do about there's it. There's nothing you can do about it, but there is something you could do about it. You could stop contributing to it and you could take all that money that you contribute every month and buy Bitcoin instead. But my employer won't match it. (laughs) Your employer happens to be an employer that matches. There are tons of employers that don't match. That's very true. Right? So you have these people that are contributing to retirement accounts that are basically saying like, here, hold this money for 40 years for me. Yeah. And if I take it out, I'm penalized. I'm penalized (laughs) for it. Right? Okay. So people just haven't had to be responsible because the whole system is set up for someone else to be responsible for your money. When Bitcoin asks you to be responsible, it's like a big like, whoa, what do you mean? I could lose it. No one's going to like help me get it back. And that's where what we're going to talk about today, which is Fetty and Fetty Mint comes in. And so I listened to a podcast about it recently, but I also been following it because they talked at Bitcoin Conf and the guy who started it, this guy named um, Obi, he's like a pretty prolific Bitcoiner. Well, like he was one of the first names that I kind of came across when I started looking at like, okay, I know the philosophers of Bitcoin, but who are like the engineers of Bitcoin and like the builders of Bitcoin? Um, Just because the angle that I came in, I was exposed to a lot of like African Bitcoiners. And so he was describing a scenario where he um, was on a plane back from Norway and he heard some other Bitcoiners. There was a big Bitcoin thing going on in Norway and he was on a plane. He heard some of the other Bitcoiners talking about it. And in listening to what they were talking about, he kind of realized that this thing called Fetty, which didn't exist at the time, could possibly solve this adoption problem and this responsibility problem at the same time. All right, baby, let's get into it. 
Okay, so Bitcoin adoption is definitely what I'm most interested in because obviously I'm in on Bitcoin, but I'm very... My wife, the Bitcoiner. (laughs) (laughs) Not quite. I'm flirting with it technically, but I think that it's just very interesting to see and predict how Bitcoin adoption is going to play out. So explain to me what Fetty is and how it's going to encourage or expand Bitcoin adoption without threatening the security of Bitcoin. Because I feel like that's always where it gets messed up. Yeah, that's... So a... I'm hesitant, babe. You like this guy, but I don't know him. Oh, it's not that I like... <laughs> it's not that I like the guy. I've never met him or anything like that. There are certain people in the Bitcoin community that have established a track record of not being scammers, mm-hmm. right? And I think that's where a lot of the altcoiners kind of get... I don't want to say they get stuck, but like they don't get it. It's like you haven't earned any reason for us to trust you. And just because you have a bunch of money in an engineering team doesn't mean that what you're building is trustworthy. Whereas with Fetty, um, Obi is, you know, I think I forget what else he's done. But he's done other stuff in the Bitcoin community and he's working with two other people who have done stuff in the Bitcoin community. These are known people and then they're invested in. So they got they got some seed money, I think four or five million dollars. Um, from an investment firm that only invests in Bitcoin companies, Mm -hmm. right? So like that's a lot of legitimacy just out the gate Mm -hmm. versus uh, I won't even name any of the altcoins, right? They just come, they scam and they leave and you never hear their name. Yeah, they have a project proposal slide deck that's like has a bunch of typos in it. Right. So that was like the first thing. (laughs) So that was the first thing that caught my, well, the first thing that caught my attention was just the general idea. But the second thing that caught my attention was who was investing in them because um, one of them, one of the investors or one of the people on the team of investors has his own podcast, who I listen to a lot of. So mm-hmm. he's an investor in this company. And what's that podcast called? Um, he has a couple. His name is Marty. Marty who has time to have a couple of podcasts. Well, I'm sure it's one podcast. One is a lot of work. <laughs> I'm sure it's one podcast that he just puts different names on, but ah, like, you know, one that's studio. The strategy. One studio, different different podcasts. Flirting with Bitcoin, cooking with Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna start the flirting empire. Swimming with Bitcoin. We just like put different verbs on there. Getting the credibility thing out of the way. Explain what Fetty actually is. Fetty is a new protocol similar to how Lightning was a new protocol. And we see what Lightning's already done as a new protocol. It's, as I just said earlier, the Fed is calling it money now. because Instantaneous transactions. So what Fetty does is it enables Bitcoiners who are responsible Bitcoiners who understand how it all works to set up a small network of people that could put their Bitcoin into this Fetty Mint, this federation of Bitcoiners, and actually have someone who can help them if you lose your phone or if you lose your private key, because the people who created it are called the founders, right? The the the, the minters, if you will. And the people who join have to, when they produce their public and private keys, they they're they break that key up and they give a piece of it to each one of the the, the, the minters of the, you know, the Fetty Mint, right? And what that means is that if I lose my phone, I can literally just go talk to you and say, hey, Mondana, I'm Ian. Can you give me back the piece of my secret that I gave you? And then the other person, because I think it's a minimum of four people, right? So you got to go to two people at least and say, can you give me back the piece of the secret that I gave you? And now you can restore your key. So and how are they storing that information? What if they're responsible? It's all stored in the protocol, oh, okay. right? So like the protocol says that Mondana has the ability to give Ian this piece of the key back, mm-hmm. right? And then let's say um, Mitra was one of the other ones, right? Shout so, out to my sister, Mitra. 
So Mitra has the ability to give Ian another piece of the key, but you neither one of you have the whole key, right? So you can't like take my Bitcoin. Okay. Right? And are these the same people within that fediment or do you pick those people? Let's go with like a more tangible example, right? So when we started this podcast and all your family members listened, you kept saying like everyone wants to give Ian all their money, right? <laughs> like they like what you're saying. They believe you. They believe in this. They want to give you all your money, all, the, all their money. And I For said, you to manage, not whatever, just to give you money. Whatever, whatever. <laughs> but the point there being like my response was I don't want to do that. Yeah. Because if they do that one of us has to hold it either me or them mm. and i don't want to teach them about um multi-sig so that they could hold one and i could hold one because that involves teaching them about bitcoin right so what fetty does is say well i want to teach you all of that stuff about bitcoin i'm gonna give you an app which is the fetty wallet right so there's the protocol in the wallet i'm gonna give you this app you sign up for our fediment like you're signing up for a slack channel right it's 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 that simple right it's a group of people but this group of people has moderators, right? And those moderators moderate this mint. The people who created the Fetty Mint allow other people in. It's not like an open thing where anyone can join. I'm sure there'll be open ones where anyone can join. But the idea would be that I would have created a Fetty Mint and then I would have let your family members join individually. And Fetty Mint is how I would be, I'd feel comfortable with like, okay, sure, put your Bitcoin in here. Go do your thing. You got a Bitcoin wallet now. But if you happen to lose your phone or lose your keys or whatever, oh, I see. Ian, has the, Ian has the ability to actually help you now. So it doesn't really change the experience of like having a wallet and spending your Bitcoin and those types of things. But if something ever happened to your wallet, you have a backup. Yeah. So the way the way that it works is you would put Bitcoin in and you get basically the, these tokens called Fetty, whatever, Fetty tokens. Uh Oh, tokens are where the scams are. They are, but they aren't. Mm -hmm. And so the, the trick... I'll be the judge of that. <laughs> the trick here is that those, those tokens are for, in theory, interacting within the protocol itself. But the protocol just sits on top of the Bitcoin network. So at any time, I can trade in my tokens and send out Bitcoin. But why do I need tokens at all? The tokens make it so that you don't have to have Bitcoin transactions in between other Fetties, other Fetty users. Oh, so if I want to give money to another person that is using this bank, you know, quote unquote bank, I send them tokens and they can store those tokens or cash them out for Bitcoin. Yeah, and so it's basically like everyone can make their own little bank. So I can make a bank with you and your family. I can make a bank with mine and my family. And then here's the cool part. They can be separate, but I could actually link those two together. And now you can transfer money between your bank and my, my family's bank. But are they the same tokens or is your individual community its own tokens? No, it's all the same. Oh, okay. It's okay, all the same. Okay. And, and the reason why it's all the same is so that you can link up the individual Fetty Mints, right? So like I would be able to reset passwords in both, right? But let's say you were also a manager in your family bank. You couldn't reset passwords or reset token or reset keys in my family's Fetty Mint, but you would have that ability in your family's Fetty So there is still like a personal designation that needs to happen within a group to decide like, all right, well, who's, who's going to make sure everything's okay? Why I think this is so powerful, regardless of the people that are involved, is that this is how people currently operate. You only have a number of people that you would ever loan money to, mm -hmm. right? 
But when you're doing that loaning, you have to give it to them through banks. Yeah. Right? Or like, Venmo, PayPal. Or Venmo, whatever. But it eventually out. lands in a checking account. Yeah. Right? And that checking account is not something that you control. That checking account is someone else holding your money. Yeah. Whereas with Fedimint, at the bare minimum, you always hold your money. On top of that, there are a certain number of people that you should trust, mm-hmm. right? Don't just join any Fedimint, right? These are people that you theoretically know and trust that have said, you know what? I actually know how this works. And so I'm going to be like the caretaker of but my But could group. they take my money? No, they can't. Okay. Because they don't have your... I trust them, but not that much. Right. And so that's, <laughs> that's the point here is that you should trust this person or these people. You should trust the people whose Fedi you join, but you also don't have to trust them. Right? You should trust them enough if you would loan them money, mm-hmm. right, to get paid back. If you don't trust, have that level of trust with this person, you probably shouldn't join their Fediment. How awkward, like 10 years from now, when people are like, we should start a Fediment. And you're like, mm, I'm good. <laughs> well, well, yeah, because like at the bare minimum, the, the, the use case here is for people. And this is what Obi um, was saying on the podcast. But this is what I first heard him talk about it, where my brain jumped as well, which is uh, the diaspora of various communities. So you got all these people and leaving their countries to come to America to earn money. El Salvadorians are probably the best example of this, right? And they come to America, they earn a bunch of money, now they gotta get it back to their family that they left to go earn, a, you know, make a better life for themselves mm-hmm. and send it home for their family. In the current system, you have to go through the banking system and you're probably gonna get a haircut of 15 to 30% off mm-hmm. of any money you try to send. Now you could go straight Bitcoin, right? On Lightning. You could go Bitcoin on Lightning, but that involves the people that you're sending it to needing to understand how those things work. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Fetty, it would just be as simple as Venmo at that point, mm-hmm. right? I would say here, here's an app just like Venmo or, or you know, all these other ones that we have now. Um, create an account, join my Mint, right? And now I can give you money directly through that app, but has no banks involved. Well, couldn't you already do that on the Strike app if you both have the Strike app in different countries? So Strike is only available in a couple of regions. Mm-hmm. Um, America, I don't even think it's available in Europe yet. Well, like if you just have a Bitcoin wallet and you're transferring it to another Bitcoin wallet, isn't that the same experience? It's the same experience, except the person, if they are 100% responsible for that Bitcoin wallet that you're sending it to, mm-hmm. they could lose their keys. They could lose their private. Like they could That's lose That's true. The so they might just be afraid of using exactly. Bitcoin. So this goes back to like, this is going to make Bitcoin adoption easier for people who are scared of the responsibility that you have to have. Yes. To have and use Bitcoin. Exactly. Got it. And so by having this other layer that says, I feel a little safer coming into Bitcoin if I know Ian's going to help me out if something goes Mm -hmm. wrong, right? Which is really what... A lot of people want that assurance that Ian's going to help me out if something goes wrong. (laughs) Right. And so when I was so against helping, it was because I know that if something goes wrong, I can't help. But with Fetty, in theory, if it was my mint that I created for Mm -hmm. us, I could, right? And so with this little extra level of help, it's the same system that people are used to, right? Where it's like, oh, I lost my password. I call customer support for a bank and then I wait on hold for 10 minutes or I text or call Ian and Ian responds immediately because he knows me and he has a vested interest in solving my problem versus a nameless, faceless organization who's like, off for the weekend. Off for the weekend are like, we'll get to you when we get to mm-hmm. you, which is why you wait on hold for a period of time. Mm-hmm. 
And so you don't need these massive banking institutions to service millions of people. You only need a small little group of people being served by one person, and that person can then expand the group's ability. So when they were talking about like Fetty, they were saying, yeah, like, okay, you got Fetty Mint A and Fetty Mint B, and then you link them up with Lightning. And now you can settle payments instantly between your family's Fetty Mint and my family's Fetty Mint. Are you going to send money to my dad? Probably not. But I can link those Fetty's Maybe up. Maybe if it's his birthday. <laughs> right. But I can link those up with a business yeah, Fetty. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Corporation. So like Amazon, for yeah. example. Right? Amazon could create its own Fetty. You put your own money in there and now you can instantly buy stuff on Amazon. But you don't keep all your money there. You would move money in from either a raw Bitcoin address or another Fetty. The main reason why this is so much better than any altcoin is that it's built on top of Bitcoin. Yes, they have tokens, but that's just so that you don't have to have actual Bitcoin transactions. But at the end of the day, all of this data is resolved at the layer one Bitcoin blockchain. It's not some other currency that's supposed to be pegged to the dollar and yada, yada, yada. Exactly. And this goes back to what you're always saying is what we see playing out and the altcoins will eventually migrated into bitcoin technology and exactly it just has so this is like a good this is a good first step to that idea of a lot of the use cases of altcoins are being encapsulated in fetty exciting it's very exciting and you know it's new um they're working on the protocol they're working on the wallet i truly believe that even if it's not fetty like it's going to be something very similar to this that kind of breaks that fear that a lot of people have, like even if they want to be into Bitcoin, once you explain to them the level of responsibility, they're just like, nah, I'm good. Yeah. My friend, Matt, like... Shout out to Matt. <laughs> he was very much like, wait, I, that's something I could lose. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. And then I had to explain to him like, no, 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 no. It's technically better than keeping your money on Robinhood, mm-hmm. right? He got his money off of Robinhood. And so he's taking on that responsibility. And so... You know, Bitcoin is called this like number go up technology. Um, But there's, you know, Svetsky, you know, has started saying like Bitcoin is like responsibility go up technology. Like it makes you have to be a more responsible person. And I think that's good overall. That's a net positive. I think so, too. All right, babe. So Fetty, is it live or is it coming soon? What's the deal? It's coming soon. Okay. Um, they gave it. They... So y'all heard it first. You probably didn't, but I heard it first today. <laughs> yeah, you you heard it first. Um, they talked about it at, at, at Bitcoin Conf, and they then they talked about it again. So I would imagine by the end of the year, cool. Um, it should there should be something out and about in the in the world. Awesome. All right. So before we go, we got to give our shout outs. Um, first, if you're listening on a platform other than Fountain and want to support the show, please go to flirtingwithbitcoin.com slash support and check out all the other ways it's possible to uh, let us know that you're enjoying the show. But we got to give a shout out to a couple of our listeners on Fountain um, who are giving us really great boosts and making us feel the love. First up is Sir Bitcoin, uh, Rich Rose. Bless Allah 786. That's his second. Shout out to Bless Allah. Uh, BTC Photo, Milson, Sal. Another repeat. Yeah. Uh, Bluey 007, Scott Wolf. 
I think Scott's given us a couple of boosts too. Scott's. Yeah. Bdale86. Perfect game. Crypto Nomad. TNT Mom. TMT Mom. You've sent us some really sweet comments. So shout out to you. And T uh, Joel N39. Uh, thank you guys. It's so fun to, uh, to, to get your feedback and know that you're enjoying the show. If there's anything you want us to cover that we haven't yet, let us know. We're having so much fun. Thanks for listening. We will catch you guys next episode. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Did you know the Flirting with Bitcoin podcast runs on the value for value business model? So what does that mean? Instead of having to listen to us read the same batch of ads every episode, we're looking to you, our listeners and supporters, to support the show if and when we provide you with something of value. Value can be anything, some new piece of information, a new point of view, or even a good old fashioned belly laugh. When we provide value, we ask that you contribute to the show what you believe the value is worth to you. Hence the term, value for value. To learn more about how to support the pod, visit flirtingwithbitcoin.com support. And don't forget to subscribe so we can always keep in touch. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next episode.